as we come to the scripture that we're looking at this morning, we're going to be looking at Psalm 27. And uh, as we look at that, um, actually, I, I've, I've thought about this a couple of ways. I'm not actually going to read the whole Psalm right now, because I'm actually going to read it uh, as we go through the points and look at the Psalm together. So put your finger in there so that you don't lose it, because we will be coming back to it, and we'll read it, uh, not verse by verse, but section by section. And uh, for you in this morning, there's four points and a poem and a conclusion and a couple of other things. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, there are four sections, and so I've, I've, I'm looking at this psalm under four different sections this morning. Uh, I don't know about you, but you probably are not the one, but probably the person sitting beside you is a person who struggles with patience and with uh, struggles with waiting. Uh, I know it's probably not you, but it is probably somebody very close to you. And if you've ever been on 35 or the tollway, or you get into one of those traffic jams, the one that I hate the worst, now my wife hates this worst, I can talk about her since she's not here, uh, is the one that I hate the worst is when I'm sitting on the inside lane, and the guy behind me, pulls out around me at, this, at the place where cars are coming in. You know, the end, they're, car, they're coming in, and they're wanting to find a place in. The person behind me pulls out into that lane and goes down three or four cars and then pushes his way back in again, or her way back in again. Uh, man, I cannot stand those people. <laughs> and they did it yesterday to me on the highway. They did it yesterday, and I said to my wife, look at those people. I'm not like that. <laughs> Waiting is a hard thing for us. Waiting is not part of how we've been wired since the fall. I think it was definitely a, a part of the fall. Uh, and, and it has been something that has been around with us for a long time. And waiting is something I think that the psalmist helps us understand a little bit about this morning when we come to this. In fact, we grew up, we, we are now in a great country where waiting has been perfected. And there's no place better than Disney World. If you've ever been to Disney World, who has not been to Disney World this morning? Or Disneyland or one of those places? Okay, then you just shut your ears for the next few minutes because all the rest of the people know about this. Disney World has perfected waiting. And the reason they've perfected this is because Walt Disney, during the World's Fair that was in this country back in the 30s or 40s, before Disney World even got started, he perfected the switchback. The lines at the World's Fair were getting out of hand. And he invented, at that particular time, what we call the switchback. It's the line that goes this direction for a while, and then turns back, and you see all the people that you used to see, and you see them again, until you turn around, and then you see them all again. Have you ever been in one of those lines? You don't have to go to Disney World to see those lines. Uh, they are all over the place now. It has, it has changed how we uh, do lines. If you ever look on the internet at like a, a line that was during the Depression, you never see a switchback. 
You just see them lined up along the buildings and they go around the block. They go forever and ever. But they never do switchbacks because Walt Disney hadn't invented them. But boy, did he perfect them. And then, of course, along came the one that I dread as well, and that's the number. Take the number. What, what does the number actually do? It doesn't do anything. You just watch this little number change every now and again, up on a board. Oh, I'm this much closer. But you don't move. How frustrating is that? Disney at least got you moving and, and had, your, had, had you thinking about other things and bends and seeing people that you saw before. You start up a conversation. But waiting is a struggle. It's a struggle for all of us in sometimes uh, more than others, some people more than others. And so the psalmist here in our psalm today, in Psalm 27, uh, I think helps us understand this a little bit better. Look at Psalm 27. We're going to read the first three verses here together. Psalm 27 verse 1 says this, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, when my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then will I be confident. When we receive salvation, when, when you and I came to faith in Christ and we receive salvation, the Lord becomes our light. Look what the psalm says in verse one. Psalmist says in verse one, the Lord is my light and my salvation. And as a result of that, he's saying, whom shall I fear? He's, he's talking to himself. He's having to speak to his own heart, speak to his own mind and say, listen, look what has happened to me. Look what I've become. The Lord is my light. The Lord is my salvation. All of these things that are going on around me, of whom should I fear? The, the result of that act in your life changed everything from there on. As I said at the beginning, there's basically two types of people. There are those that are before that event, and there's those that are after that event. But the thing is, is that waiting is true on both sides of that event. It's how you respond to it. It's how you react to that in your life. It's how you react to it. Remember that great movie, The Wizard of Oz. How many people have, I hope you've all seen The Wizard of Oz, at least at some point in your life. Is there any young people who haven't seen The Wizard of Oz? You're probably babysat by the Wizard of Oz at some point. Put in that movie and let them watch it again, you know? I don't see enough hands going up. Man, okay, you need a Wizard of Oz uh, movie experience this next weekend. Family night, Wizard of Oz. Um, remember the lion in the Wizard of Oz? What was the lion's problem? He was a coward. Courage. 
He, he needed courage. He, need, he was a coward. He was, he was a lion, and yet he, was, he didn't have courage. What did the wizard do for the lion? Do you remember? What did he need to recover? Someone said a heart. That was another one. What did the lion need? You really don't know the Wizard of Oz well enough. What did the lion need? A medal. He needed a medal. That's all he needed. All the lion needed was a medal. And he became great. It changed his whole life. But he was different from there on. All he needed was a medal. You and I are sons and daughters of a lion. We're sons and daughters of a lion if we know the Lord Jesus Christ. But we need a medal at times because we're not as courageous as we should be. We're not as courageous. You see, the psalmist is saying, how should we then wait? How should you and I wait after the event, after everything that has taken place in our life? How should we wait? We should wait with confidence and courage. He's saying that is why we should wait. The Lord is my light. The Lord is my salvation. Of whom shall I fear? And then down in verse 3, even then will I be confident of this. I'm confident. That is how we're to live, with confidence and courage. And so here, this, the, the, the wizard who gave the lion the medal, it changed everything. It, re, it, it, it reassured him. It helped him understand, this is what I am. Oh, sometimes you and I need to be reminded that we need to wait with confidence and courage. We're lions. We're lionesses. And yet, we live without courage. We live without confidence. Psalmist said, don't live like that, brothers and sisters. Don't live without courage and confidence. There is a longing that sometimes grows while waiting. I don't know about you, but how many times on one of those road trips, you hear your children in the back saying, Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And you say, not yet. We'll soon be there. And just a mile later, you hear it again. Are we there yet? My son and daughter, who's celebrating their anniversary today, and they drove down to Florida uh, Friday and Saturday, and so now I've discovered that you don't ask the parents, are we there yet? You ask them for their iPhone. And so David was on the phone with us yesterday while his wife was driving a bit of the journey. And, and the, the children were, were saying, let me see the phone. Let me see how far we have to go. So that's a whole new technology that we didn't have whenever I was sitting in the back seat. We just had to say, are we there yet? Are we going? Oh, listen, the Bible is saying, hey, listen, while you're waiting, 
We're not there yet. But while you're waiting, live with confidence and courage. Second thing is this. Look at verses 4 through 6. Look at the text. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surrounded me. At his tabernacle will I sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. See, the psalmist is saying, listen, with confidence and courage, you and I are to live because of who we are. We're, we're lions and lionesses of the king. And we're to live in that kind of state. But secondly, he says, listen, live with worship and praise. Live with worship and praise in your heart. See, that is what changed when Christ came into my heart. Worship and praise. It never meant the same as it did after that. Worship and praise. Why are you here this morning? Well, you're here for two reasons, or one of two reasons. You're either drug here, or you're here because you want it to be here. And you're here, and worship and praise is part of what we're here to do. We've done that this morning already. We'll do that before the end of the service. Worship and praise. Because the Lord is our salvation. We have a new desire to be in the house of the Lord. And so, in the line, in this line that you and I are in, in this line, what desire do you have for the house of God? It's a question you should ask yourself, especially on Saturday night. What desire do you have? You know that most people who search the internet for a church search it on Saturday night. Where am I going to go to church tomorrow if they're looking for a church? They look on Saturday night. That's why your church should, I don't know whether yours does or not, I didn't look. I kind of knew where it was. But you should always have your times and your address very readily because if they call the church, probably Patrick's not going to be here on Saturday night to answer the phone and tell them where they can find or where they can be. Help them to know. They're probably not going to call anyway. It's the internet now. Look at our children going to Florida. It's all on the, on the phone. That's where they want to find it. Help them find that place of worship. David is struggling because he's been banished from the house of the Lord. He's been banished from his family. He's been banished from the house. And he longs to be in the worship of God. He longs to be back. He longs to be there. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. And he's referring to this life. He's referring to now. He's not thinking about eternity. You and I think about eternity. He's thinking about the present, about now. That's what I want to be doing. I want to be there. 
Oh, how he longs to be in that line. In that line that's going up to worship. Look at the psalmist. Look at how the psalms sing about Zion and going to Zion. and Singing as they go to Zion. They long. They, they, it's a delight for them to be going to the house of God. It's the second thing that you and I are to long for and to desire in this line that you and I have been brought into through Christ. The third thing that you and I should be doing while we're waiting is found in verses 7 and following here. Hear my voice when I call, O Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says to you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, O my Savior. The psalmist is saying, not only do you need to live with confidence and courage, with worship and praise, but also continue with a heart of humility and persistence. It's two of the hardest things that you and I have in the Christian life to do. Humility. Humility and persistence. Doing the right thing. Humility. Admitting. Confessing. We have done it already in the passage of Scripture. As we confessed our sin. Don't take that lightly. Don't take it just as words that pastors or churches put in their programs. These help us. These remind us that we are to be humble, that we're dependent. And the psalmist here comes in the middle of this psalm and he is reminding himself. In fact, he even says, my heart says to you, seek his face. <laughs> How many times we have to tell our own heart Listen, this is what you should be doing. You shouldn't be thinking that. You should be thinking this. You shouldn't be looking at that. You should be looking at this. You shouldn't be reading that. You should be reading this. How many times our heart has to remind us again and confess that that's what we shouldn't be doing and this is what we should be doing while we're in the line. While we're in the line. Personal and painful rejection Look at verse 10. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Maybe some of you have felt the pain and the rejection in the line of life. People who have hurt you. People who have abused you. The Lord will receive me. The Lord will receive me. It doesn't matter what has happened. The Lord will receive me. It will never keep me out of his presence. The abuse or the pain or the rejection. And then in verses 11 and 12, a newborn child or a reborn child, maybe I should say, has a teachable spirit and a willingness to trust the outcome of events. 
in his life or her life to the Lord's plan. Look at verses 11 and 12. Teach me your ways, O Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desires of my foes. For false witnesses rise up against me, breathing out violence. How shall we then wait? With confidence and courage, with worship and praise, with humility and persistence. And then in the last stanza here, he says, with faith and obedience. Verse 13 says, I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. This last section is really two stanzas, two pleas. The first is, is he has been called into the line of faith. Verse 13, I am. I'm still confident of this. Regardless of how many times I have bent around and turned around in this line and things have come that have put me in another direction from what I was going in and I'm turning again, I am confident of this. I'm still in the line. I'm still in the line. Regardless of the things that have come into your life that has made you switch back again. I'm still in the line. I am confident of this. It says, after all of the things that have happened in my life, after my rejection, after being put away from the house of God for a while, after my family has done the things to me that they've done, the psalmist says, I'm confident of this. I'm still in the line. I will see the goodness of the Lord. In the land of the living. And here he is referring. And he says, listen, what line am I in? And he remembers the line of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's the line, that's the line I'm in. I'm in the line of the faithful. I'm in the line of those who live by faith, even though it was hard for them. I'm in that line. That's what I've been brought into. That's what I have been brought into by his grace and by his mercy. I will live in the land of the living, not the dead. I'm going to live in the land of the living. His faith is living. His God is living. And he is living in that line with his God. And with all of those who have gone before him. As he switches back, he sees those who are coming in that line. He sees those who are further ahead in that line. And then secondly, verse 14. Wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. See, not only does the psalmist say, listen, live while you wait with faith, but he says also with obedience. It's the other part of your and my life. With obedience. Look at the Lord's ability to come through 
not your ability to do. It's not up to you. It's up to him to see you through the line. He put you in it. And although there's many switchbacks that will take place in your life, he's bringing you to the right of your life. He's bringing you to the right of your life. He will not fail. He will not fail. Be strong. Not to beat yourself up. But to take courage. You see, I said at the beginning that Disney perfected the switchback and the line. But when he opened Disneyland, he perfected it even more. And when he opened Disney World, it even became greater, just bigger. Because what he did in the line was he introduced something to all of us who've been in those lines. He introduced us to a small, small world. Remember that song? It's a small, small world after all. And it just keeps on going and going, and going, and you get home, and a year later, you're still going, and going, and going, and you think, will this thing ever end? You see, what Disney did was he said, it's not just enough for you to be switched back and forth in a line, but I want to bring you into a ride. I want to give you an experience. And what he did was he started the music nice and soft at the beginning. And as you get further into that switchback, the music gets louder and louder. And you begin to sing it. And you begin to hum it, or you begin to sing it. And then you begin to smell if you've ever been to the Pirates of the Caribbean, you begin to feel that you're going into a cave. Your, your experience and your senses are heightened. And eventually, you move from outside the campus to inside this ride that is just engulfing you. And the music and the smell and the sounds are all around you. See, what Disney did was Disney said, listen, I don't want you to be thinking about Thunder Mountain when you're in a small, small world. Or when you're in Pirates of the Caribbean, I don't want you to be thinking about any other ride but this one. And so what he did was he brought you and me into that ride. But as he did, we lost the sound and the sights of the other rides that would distract you. That's what God wants of you and me. We're in a line of faith. He says, listen, engulf yourself in that line. 
because there are plenty of other lines, there's plenty of other music, there's plenty of other sounds and sights that would seek to distract you away from this line. But oh, what a ride is before us. What a ride you and I are being brought into. And he says, listen, focus on that. Think about that. And when the distractions of the other rides begin to pump up their music or burst off whatever things they can do to attract us, focus on this line. You're on the switchback of your life. And God is bringing you home. He's bringing you home. How shall we then wait? I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Is that true of you? In this line that you're in? Wait for the Lord. It's one of our hardest things to do. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Father, we thank you so much for your love and grace to us. Thank you for bringing us into that line, the switchback of life, for the ways in which you are bringing us further and deeper into the joy and into the privilege and into the honor of getting in that car and riding to the ends of the earth, to the ends of the universe. What a ride awaits us. What a ride. Only you know its final outcome. But Father, we trust that the line that you have brought us into will not let us down. It is a ride that you and I will enjoy. will celebrate and help us while we wait to focus on these things and not be distracted by the other rides around us that would call us to come to them. In Jesus' name, amen.